Well, this morning, I'm excited. We're going to wrap up our series entitled Creative Power, Why Our Words Matter to God. And I believe the Lord has saved the best for last today. We're going to kind of work through some awesome stuff today as we kind of grab in, uh, kind of wrapping up this series. Uh, there's so much that we could say about the power of our words, uh, and there's so many veins and venues that you can go into because our words really do affect and impact every area of our life. And so we've talked about a lot, a lot of different arenas is that our words are impacting and shaping our lives. Today we're going to kind of wrap up this series talking about how significant our words are in the work of the kingdom of God and how that God has entrusted us through our words to advance his kingdom and really make a tremendous difference in what is really happening, not just on the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm as we kind of grab hold of what God has for us. But let's just revisit real quick this morning, Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, what, what's Trey, he dancing up here? What you doing, Trey? You're a good man, I guess. I don't know. Are we on video right now? Praise the Lord for that, so... Trey, you might have gave everybody a big moon out there on Facebook world. We just people. Did y'all know that? We all just people in here. <laughs> oh, there. All right. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and then he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, and they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So let's just kind of recap real quick this morning some of the things we've learned, some truths that we've pulled out of this study. We said our words matter to God because we were created to be like God, right? We're not God, but we were created to be like God. We were created to create. And like God, right, like God, our words are spiritual containers that release creative power. And literally, the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We said that our words matter to God because our words frame our world, right? Our words frame our world. They define our lives that we live. They frame our world. They shape our souls. And we said not only do our words shape our souls, but then our souls shape our lives. We also recognize that our words fuel our joy. And our words create our vision, right? I'm visually attracted to what I'm verbally saying. And the more I say it, the more I see it and call it out in the lives of other people. Last week, we said our words matter to God because they are spiritual seeds that produce a harvest and they set the direction for our lives. Proverbs 18, 20, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. And Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Last week, we recognized that my words and your words are spiritual seeds that produce a harvest. And the reality is, is the harvest is always greater than the seed that we sow. Amen? So our words have the power and potential to produce a harvest, and our lives are literally filled with the fruit of our 
bowels. And then we recognize out of James chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, the Bible says, And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, like a rudder on a ship, the apostle James says, in the same way, a small tongue, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. We talked about how the, there's something powerful that would happen if the declaration of our mouth would align with the desires of our heart. We could really begin to see the direction of our lives begin to change. And I shared that last Sunday. I had a gentleman after service came up to me. He said, Pastor Keith, he said, you said that if we would do that in a week, if we would just line the declaration of our mouth up with the desires of our heart, that within a week we would see a difference. He said, I just want you to know this series has really been speaking to me. And he said, last week, he said a week ago, last week I recognized recognized that I had been speaking death over my business. He was a business owner. I've been speaking death over my business and over my company and over my employees. And he said, just in the last seven days, he said, I've taken authority over my words. And I, he said, I can tell you right now, one week later, he said, I can see a whole directional change in my business, in the attitude of my employees, in the financial fruit of my harvest, and in just the whole environment of what's happening on my, on my place of employment. He said, I have literally in one one week seen a radical change. Why? Because when the declaration of your mouth matters, matches the desire of your heart, which is a, as a Christian is to please God and honor God and serve God and do the right thing, right? Everybody I know that really loves Jesus wants to do the right thing. And when the declaration of our mouth lines up with the desire of our heart, amazing things begin to happen. And so we talked about those truths last week. Today, let's look at our next point because we're going to kind of dive into how seeing how significant our words are in advancing and accomplishing the work of the kingdom of God in our lives, in our world, and in the nations of the world. So look at that next point. Our words matter to God because our words are the keys to the kingdom of God. Our words are the keys to the kingdom of God. The spirit realm is controlled by the words of our mouth. Our words bind and loose demonic spirits and angels. Look at Matthew chapter 16, and then we'll kind of dissect that statement together. Jesus said, and I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Jesus did not say, whatever happens in heaven will happen on earth. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Think about that. He did not say what's happening in heaven will happen on earth. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The keys to the kingdom of heaven are the words of God that are out of our mouth. Our words release the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Our words bind and loose, open and close, release and advance the kingdom of God in our lives. So I want you to grab hold of a couple things. First of all, I want you to understand that when Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, the word for heaven is not where God lives. It's the heavenly or the spiritual realm. How many know there's a natural realm? We touch it, taste it, feel it, and see it. And then there's a spiritual realm that is more real than the natural realm. Because the spiritual realm is eternal, the natural realm is temporal. 
And so there's a spiritual realm, and then there's a natural realm. We live in a two-dimensional world. There's a whole lot there. I'm not even going to go there. We live in a natural world, and there's a spiritual world. And so this is what I want you to see. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth in the natural will be bound in the spiritual. Whatever you loose on earth in the natural will be loosed in the spiritual. Your words bind or loose. Now those words bind and loose, I'm just going to teach you a little bit. Is that okay for a second? Both of those words have two, have a positive and a negative inclination. The word bind means to bind together like you would tie, tie something together. How many of you know that we need sometimes, we need to be bound together in love? Amen. The Bible says that love binds us together. We need to be bound together. Our words can bind us together. They can bring unity. They can bring peace. They can bring harmony. They can bring what has been divisive and destructive into a place of unity and purpose. How good and how pleasant it is, the Bible says, that my brethren dwell together in unity. It is a beautiful thing. And so our words have the power to bind together. But the word bind also means to shackle with chains. How many know there are some things that literally need to be bound? They need to be shackled and chained. There are some things that need to be imprisoned. There are some things that need to be put in bondage. I mean, you need to arrest some things that are in your life and serve sentence on them and cast them out of your life. To bind means to bring together or it means to shackle in chains. And if you can think about it, I know nobody in this room has ever been arrested, but you know, they kind of have these things called handcuffs. And you've seen it on TV, right? Don't look at your neighbor. You've seen it on TV. How many know when you when you put those handcuffs on, they're actually taking authority over you? You're no longer large and in charge. You are bound, subjected, and about to be submitted to whatever they decide to do to you. The Bible says the keys to the kingdom of God are the words that come out of your mouth. And with your words, you can bind. You can bind together for good. Or you can bind by shackling in chains, taking authority over. And by your words, you can loose. The word loose literally means to release. There's a story about the Passover. Jesus sends his disciples into town. He says, you're going to find a colt that is tied there. I want you to go and loose that colt. Literally untie it. Let it go. Release it. How many know there are some things that need to be released in your life? Right? We need to release some peace and some grace, some goodness, some mercy. We need to release the things of God into our lives. Your words are the keys to the kingdom of God that release the blessing, the favor, the anointing, the glory of God over your life. But the word loose also means, it's, a, it's an interesting word, because in 1 John the Bible says of Jesus, for, the, for this reason the Son of God was manifested, the Bible says, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The word destroy is the same word Jesus used when he said loosed. So to loose can mean to release something, to free it, and to loose can mean to destroy the chains and bondages of the enemy. And so Jesus said this, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you say on earth will dictate what will happen in the spirit realm. Sometimes the world is a little more spiritually attuned than the church. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of crazy stuff out there that the world talks about. But every now and then you'll hear somebody say, yeah, you know, you get around so-and-so, and they just have this aura about them. That's kind of a new age terminology. They just have this little aura about them. But let's be truthful for a second. You know people 
that when they walk in the room, the atmosphere changes for evil and not good. There is, there is a spiritual atmosphere. And some people walk in the room and you feel the darkness. Some people walk in the room and you feel the light. Some people walk in the room and you feel, you just feel not good, right? You just, I just don't feel good around them. And other people walk in the room and you just, you feel the love of God out of their heart and their life. Why? Because your words create the spiritual atmosphere that surrounds your life. You are either binding and loosing the demonic spirits of the enemy or the angelic spirits of God to work and move on your behalf and in your life. You are literally creating an atmosphere. And I just want to go so far as to say that everything under your authority comes under the influence of that atmosphere. Everything under your authority, your children, your job, your finances, your car, your house, your tools, your hobby toys, whatever it is. Everything under your authority comes under the influence of the spiritual atmosphere that you have bound or loose, created and allowed in your life. And some people are literally living under a financial curse, not because they're not working hard, and not because they're not working overtime, and not even sometimes because they're not budgeting their money. Many times people are under a financial curse because of the words of their mouth have created an atmosphere of death and chaos. They have invited in, through the words of their mouth, demonic spirits of oppression that are stealing, killing, and destroying the blessing of God that was intended to be upon them. And we've seen it, right? You've seen people that it seemed like everything they touched turned to gold, and other people, everything they touched turned to not gold. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and here they are. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Your words are the keys of the kingdom that bind or release. Think about keys. Keys open and keys shut. So let me ask you a question. What have you allowed into your life? What doors have you opened that have created an atmosphere that now surrounds you? There is a spiritual atmosphere that follows you everywhere you go based on what you have opened and what you have allowed into your life. And with your words, you bind, and with your words, you loose. With your words, you open yourself up, or with your words, you close out the things that should not have been given place into your life. Now, let's talk a little bit about demons and angels. The truth is, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to speak from Keith Hodges here. We deal with a lot of uh, we deal with a lot of deliverance and a lot of deliverance ministry. So we talk a lot about demonic spirits and oppression and all those things. And we, we address those things and deal with them consistently. But I recognize, as the Lord was showing me this and I began to study, I recognize that uh, I haven't, I, I'll speak for me, I haven't given enough attention and honor to the angelic spirits that God has released on our behalf to minister to us and for us to advance His kingdom. Now, Sometimes you start talking about demons and angels and people get really weird. 
Let me just say real quick. You don't worship angels? Y'all good? You don't you worship God. Angels are servants. God is God. So, I just want to read you some scriptures about angelic activity because what's interesting is that from Genesis to Revelations, there are angelic visitations, angelic manifestations, angelic ministry, angelic warfare, angelic activity all throughout the Bible. And unfortunately, many of us as Christians, sometimes we bury our head in the sand when it comes to the demon, demonic powers, and sometimes we bury our head in the sand when it comes to angelic God's powers, and we need to recognize that God has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven so that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in the heavenly, the spirit realm, and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in the spirit. Let's look at Ephesians 6 first. We'll look at the negative side first. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Bible says that Satan took a third of the angels with him. Those fallen angels have now become what we would consider demonic spirits that are working to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual battle raging, amen? And what you establish on the earth through the words that you speak determines the atmosphere that you create in the heavenly realm around you, which determines whether you win or ultimately whether you lose in the battle that God has called us to fight. So let's look at Psalms 91. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. In all your ways. Second Kings chapter 6. It's not on the screen, uh, but I want to read it to you. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what shall we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I love that story. Elisha has been reaping havoc on the enemy camp, right? God keeps telling Elisha what the, what the enemy's going to do. And he exposes their attacks and their schemes. And so the enemy king sends his army to a camp against Elisha. The servant of Elijah walks out the door that morning to get water or whatever he's going to do. And all of a sudden he sees the army surrounding the city. He runs back in and says, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. And Elisha says, oh no. There's more that are for us than there are against us. And then he does this. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And the Bible says that when he did that, when he prayed that prayer, that the servant saw the angels of the Lord, chariots and horses of fire surrounding the army that surrounded them. <laughs> now here's the revelation those angels were there all the time. He just didn't see them. Elisha knew they were there. Elisha knew that by the Spirit, they were there. There are more that are for us than there are that are against us. If you're on God's side, you're always on the majority side. Amen? And God will give his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Look at Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, you, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. The angels heed the voice of God. And guess what? Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You are now the sons and the daughters of the Most High God, and your words bind or loose the angelic beings to work on your behalf. 
Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear, the, fear him, and he delivers them. Daniel 6, 22, my God sent his angel, and he shut the lion's mouth. Matthew 4, 11, the Bible, the devil left him, speaking of Jesus, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Matthew 18, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father. Matthew 26, 53, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He says, do you not think that I can now, that, that I cannot now pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus said, hey guys, don't worry about it. They're not taking my life. I'm giving my life. And if I needed it, I'd just pray and God would send 12 legions of angels and we'd snuff out the Roman Empire. Matthew 28, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone on the door and sat on it. Luke 1, 13, and the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Acts 5, 19, but, but at night the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. Acts 8, 26, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go south toward the road which leads down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Acts 12, 7, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, speaking of Peter, and a light shone the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. Hebrews 1, 14, this is key verse right here, and they, speaking of angels, and they, are they, speaking of angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. We got any sons and daughters of God in the house today? Then you are an heir and a joint heir of Jesus Christ. Your words matter. Why? Because your words have the power to bind and loose the demonic spirits and the angelic forces of heaven to work on behalf of your family and ultimately on behalf of God's kingdom. Amen? Our words have power. They are the keys to the kingdom. Look at the next point. Our words matter to God because our words are spiritual swords that war and win against the demonic forces at work in our world. Ephesians 6, 17, 18 says, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Our words matter to God because our words are spiritual swords that war and win against the works of darkness. Let me just say it like this. I want to give you just a, a little more clarity there. God's Word in your mouth is a spiritual sword. God's Word in your mouth. Take up the sword of the Spirit, the Bible says, which is the Word of God. God's Word in your mouth. When Satan tempted Jesus, every time he tempted Jesus, Jesus said, it is written, 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 it is written. Why? Because not only do your words have the power to bind and loose in the spirit realm, not only do your words have the power to bind and loose angelic and demonic forces, but when you speak and declare the Word of God, your Word, become, God's Word in your mouth becomes a spiritual sword that destroys the works of darkness. You want to cut through the lies and deception and manipulation of the enemy? Begin to speak truth. Begin to speak truth. Begin to speak truth. And when God's word comes out of your mouth, it is a spiritual sword. And let me just say this to you today. The Bible on your coffee table is not a sword. The Bible on your nightstand is not a sword. 
The only way you can wield and use the sword of the Spirit is you got to speak the Word. It is written, it is written, it is written. I am who God says I am, and I can do what God says I can do. And when you begin to declare and decree the Word of God, you know what you do? You destroy the works of darkness. You tear down the lies and accusations and condemnations of the enemy. There is so much power in the Word of God. When God's Word is in your mouth, amazing things happen. Because the darkness and the deception and the lies of the enemy are destroyed by the sword of the Spirit. And then he says this, and pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Why? Because proclaiming the Word and praying in the Spirit are spiritual words of warfare. Why? Because when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says you pray the will of God, which is the Word of God, and you declare and decree the Word and the will of God over your life. You want to know why prayer matters? Prayer matters because when you pray the Word, by the way, that's the best way to pray. Just pray the Word. Pray the Word. Father, I thank you that your Word says that you'll pour out your Spirit on all flesh and that our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Kelly and I have been praying that over our kids for years. Father, I thank you that my sons and my daughters will prophesy, that you'll fill their mouth with your Word. You said my sons and my daughters would prophesy. And you just begin to decree and declare the Word. Most Christians are defeated because they decree and declare what they feel instead of decree and declare what God says. Well, I just feel defeated. I just feel discouraged. I just feel like nothing ever works out for me. I feel like nobody even cares. I just, I just feel. Did I tell you how bad I feel? And instead of taking out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and slaying the enemy, we give life... To the devil, we invite death, disease, and destruction to fill our hearts, our minds, and our bodies, and we create a spiritual atmosphere that is counterintuitive to what God is wanting to do. And so we've invited darkness, but we want to walk in light. We've invited destruction, but we want to walk in prosperity. We've invited disease, but we want to walk in healing. And we've created an atmosphere of death and destruction instead of decreeing and declaring the Word of God that says, I am who God says I am. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the top, not the bottom. I'm the first, not the last. Whatever I do will prosper, and I'll have good success. And I will shine in the light as a darkness, and I will glorify God in all that I say and all that I do. I'm a soul-winning, disciple-making, devil-stopping Christian, and I will live for Jesus Christ. I will glorify Him in all that I say and all that I do. I am complete in Christ, lacking nothing, and I will live victorious because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And all of a sudden, you begin to decree and declare the Word of God. And when you pray, pray the Word. And when you read the Bible, read it out loud. I understand there's times we we read quietly. I understand that. But you need to have regular time in your daily life where you're reading the Bible out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. But also, it's the sword of the Spirit only when it's in your mouth. It's not the sword of the Spirit when it's in the book. It's the sword of the Spirit when it's in your mouth. And until it comes out of your mouth, it's not a sword. It's not a sword here. It's a sword here. Look what Revelation says. Revelations 1, 16, speaking of Jesus, said, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Revelations 19, verse 15 says, Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he will strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron, and he himself will tread the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. 
And out of his mouth will go a sharp two-edged sword. What is coming out of his mouth? It's the word of God. He's declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord. And your victory is determined by the word of God that's in your mouth because it is God's word in your mouth that is the sword of the Spirit. Only when you declare and decree what he says will you win the war. Amen? Against the enemy. Look at our last point. I want you to see this. Our words matter to God because we can't fight a spiritual battle with carnal weapons. Words are spiritual weapons of warfare that fight the battle in our minds. I want you to grab hold of that for a second. That fight the battle in our minds, pulling down strongholds and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. And then he identifies four things. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The only way to win the battle in your mind is to open your mouth. The only way. You cannot fight thought with thought. You can't do it. The more you tell yourself, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, (laughs) the more you think about it. Just tell yourself 50 times, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat, and you'll want to eat everything inside. (laughs) Right? I'm not going to eat that, I'm not going to eat that, I'm not going to eat that. And then you eat three of them. (laughs) Right? Because you, you can't win. You can't win the battle in your mind with your mind. You have to win the battle in your mind with your words. Your words bind and loose. Your words are spiritual authority. Your words are the sword of the Spirit. It is when you open your mouth that you take authority over your thoughts. When you open your mouth, you take authority over your thoughts. That's why every time we get done, think about it, every time we get done with praise and worship, you feel good. You do. Every time you get done with praise and worship, you feel good. You're praising God. You're worshiping God. You feel good. You ever thought about why? Let me tell you why. Because when you praise God with your mouth, it takes authority over the tormenting thoughts in your mind. When you praise God with your mouth, it takes authority over the tormenting thoughts in your mind. And the Bible identified four battles that rage in our mind. He says casting down strongholds. How many of you understand if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, your spirit man is sealed and settled and made new in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Strongholds in the life of a believer are not spiritual strongholds. They're soulish strongholds that happen in our mind, will, and emotions. We get bound by stinking thinking. Right? We get bound by stinking thinking. Yeah, there's a spiritual war around us, but your spirit man has been born again in the image and likeness of God. And that stronghold happens in your mind. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think you're defeated, you'll be defeated. If you think you can't get free, you'll never get free. If you think God can't use you, you'll never be used by God. And how in the world do you take authority over those thoughts, those strongholds that are in your mind? You've got to renew your mind by the Word of God. And how do I do that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. I speak the Word. I speak the Word. I speak the Word. Why? Because I walk in the flesh, but I do not war according to the flesh because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds, casting down arguments. Let me give you another definition of arguments. James chapter 1 
says that if you are double-minded, a double-minded man will not receive anything from God, the Scripture says, because he is unstable in all of his ways. You know what an argument is? An argument is, is a double-minded mentality. You get in these arguments in your mind, right? You got two ideas, and two ideas, and two ideas. You got these conflicting thoughts that are warring, and they're arguing with each other. What am I going to do? 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 What am I going to say? What am I going to say? How am I going to? And all of a sudden, you got this double-minded argument. How do I silence and settle the argument of double-mindedness that comes against my mind? I got to open my mouth and begin to declare and decree what God says. I got to open my mouth. And then he says, not only are there strongholds and arguments, he says there's every, all kind of things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. If you live by natural reasoning, you will rob yourself of the supernatural miracle power of God. The Bible says the carnal mind brings death. To be carnally minded is just to make decisions based off what I see, what I feel, what I think, and what I know. Let me understand as Christians, we don't have to operate by just knowledge. We actually operate by revelation knowledge. Because we've been given the mind of Christ. And I don't need the knowledge of the world. I need the revelation of God. I need to know what does God say about it. Because when I know what God says about it, then I've got the final word. It's not about what I see. It's not about what I taste. It's not about what I feel. It's not about what the government says. It's not about what the textbook says. It's about what did God say. I need a revelation. And I cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God when I open my mouth and begin to declare who God is through praise, through proclamation, through worship. And then last but not least, he kind of sums it up. He says, in taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. And then I love the last little verse there. It says, And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I haven't preached on that verse much because I really didn't understand it. But as I was praying, I said, Lord, what does that really mean? And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And he said, Keith, he said, another word for punish is discipline. He said, your words discipline your thoughts and make them obedient unto Christ. Your words punish. They bring a discipline over your thoughts and your mind so that your obedience is fulfilled. Because it's not enough that you think the right thought. You actually got to do the right deed. Have you know, we've all had a lot of good thoughts. And let's be honest, we've all had a lot of God thoughts that were never made obedient. We knew it was God, but we just never did it. We never did anything with it. We never manifested it. It never came to fulfillment. It never came to fruition. It never was accomplished. Why? Because what happens many times with those God thoughts is if if we are not disciplined with our words, then we'll never be disciplined with our thoughts. And it is my words that bring discipline to my thoughts to help channel them into a place of complete and total obedience. Because it's not enough for me to just think what God wants me to think. I actually got to follow through and do what God wants me to do. And it is through the words of my mouth that I discipline my thoughts so that I continue to fulfill the word that God is speaking to me. Our words, guys matter. 
spiritual life and death are in your words. Your words create the atmosphere around your life. Your words bind and loose angelic or demonic spirits. Your words are either spiritual swords that win in war. Or they're open doors of destruction that allow the enemy to still kill and destroy. Your words are your weapon against the battle in your mind. So here's the question. Here's the question. The question is not, can we win? The question is, will we fight? Will we fight in the Spirit? Will we recognize that God has given us the keys to His kingdom? And we can open and we can shut. We can bind and we can loose. We can wield the sword of the Spirit. And we can take authority over our minds. So the question is not, can we win? The question is, will we fight? Because if I fight the flesh with the flesh, I'll lose. But if I fight the flesh with the Spirit, I'll win. I want to just say to you today, God's called you to win. Amen? And because He's called you to win, He's called you to fight the good fight of faith. Let's just bow our heads today. Two things before we close today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to just give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you know you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And all this talk about demons and angels and spiritual environments and the sword of the Spirit and the battle for our mind. See, this is what I know. I know that all that stuff resonated in you. And you were sitting there thinking, that's true and that's right. And yes, that's true and I understand that and I see that now and that makes sense to me. But what you may not know today is simply this. Without Christ, there is no victory. Without Christ, there is no eternal life. Without Christ, there is no hope. But the Bible says the good news is that Jesus came, that you and I might have hope and have life. And we can trust Him today to be our Lord and Savior. The scripture says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we can be saved. And if you're here today and you've never really done that, and you know you've never done that, and you want to make that decision today to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, commit your life to following Him. You believe in your heart, and now you want to confess through your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If that's you, I want you just to stand up. Just a simple act of faith. No, Nobody's looking. But this is your moment just to go public. Just to declare, today I want to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you just to stand. We're going to pray. We're not going to linger. Just a few more seconds, and we're going to close out in prayer this morning. But if you need to know Him today as your Lord and Savior, just stand to your feet right now. I'd be honored to pray with you. I'd be honored to pray with you. If you're here today, and I realize most of you are here today, and you're Christians, you're saved, I want to challenge you. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's not fight in the flesh. Let's fight in the spirit. Let's take hold of the keys of the kingdom of God that he has given us through the words of our mouth. And let's war and let's win. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So, Father, today we declare and decree your blessing, your favor, and your anointing. We release your warring, ministering spirits, God, to minister on behalf of all your people. God, I thank you today that you can break every chain, that you can heal every heart, that you can loose every stronghold. God, today we declare and decree that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God, that your word is like a sword. And Lord, that we will decree and declare your word. We will speak the word. It is written. 
And God, we will take authority over the thoughts of our minds and we will win the war with the words of our mouth because you have empowered us by your spirit. So Father, today we bless you, we worship you, we honor you, and we thank you for the saving grace and transforming power of your spirit and your word. We bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen.